Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. and truth over your favorite personality. So happy to be here with you today. Uh, I am flying solo again, but we are going to have a great time anyway. I just want to give you a little legal disclaimer for all of those who are here. What I am going to give you today is not legal advice. So anything that I say to you today, you cannot take it as legal advice nor am I trying to give you legal advice, nor would I want to give you legal advice. So do not take anything that I give you today as legal advice. Everybody got that? Thank you. Alrighty then. <clears throat> I don't know, I just got a frog in my throat. Don't worry, it's not corona. It's not corona in my body and it's not corona in my bottle either. <laughs> Man, I tell you that it has been uh, actually crazy. Can you guys hear me? Um, it's been actually crazy here today. Uh, looks like the internet is going to be in and out today. And um, thank you for letting me know that. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, excited to be able to sort of come down a little bit and speak to you guys because um, I'm gonna tell you what, I have been constantly on my phone, my phone has been ringing nonstop, people wanting to know what, what the heck is going on, what does this mean, how does this work, you know, all these orders coming down. But I thought that I would start off by maybe giving you a little bit of encouragement Oh, thank you, Donovan. Uh, as I said, encouragement. Donovan Jewett gave me a little encouragement from Washington State. Man, you know what? I think what Benjamin Franklin said today, um, uh, what, what, bank, what Benjamin Franklin said really, really applies today. We'll hang together or we'll hang separate, but we'll surely hang. And he was saying that to say, look, I'm, I'm, in for a penny, in for a pound. We're, we're going to take this all the way, and that's who I am for you. We are liberty first. Look, my family took our stand 11 years ago, uh, 11, 10 years ago. This is not changing for us. We are not in a position to change. 10 years ago, I gave the story not too long ago. 10 years ago, we went we were given an ultimatum. We went from a salary to nothing overnight. This, this is the situation that Americans are going through today. But I wanted to tell you that for 10 years, I've been telling people when that time comes for you, make sure you're prepared. Not just prepared physically, but spiritually and intellectually. And so I just want to tell you, we've been doing this for 10 years now. So uh, the government has nothing to hold over my head. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in this. We're, we're not leaving. We're not going. And I've said this before. But I thought maybe that I would give you a little encouragement today. You know, I've talked to you about the fact that uh, here at Liberty First University, I'll just go ahead and throw that up there. At Liberty First University, we have law students. We have 
middle school, high school students, we have college students, but we have law students. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been signing up at Liberty First University because I think you realize that, hey, this is important, right? All of a sudden, we now have a situation where the Constitution really, really matters to people. People are beginning to see how abusive government has become because we've become distracted, we've become uh, miseducated on our Constitution, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, right, right thing, Zach. Make sure everybody gives us a thumbs up. Make sure everybody likes and shares and subscribes. Hit the bell so you get the notices and you know when we're on the air every day. So I wanted to share with you one of my law students. Now, you guys are out there fighting. I cannot possibly give you all of the instances I have of people who are telling me I am fighting for liberty in my town. I am standing up for liberty in my town. I have people who are telling me that they're going to go out and have group protests. They're going to go out and have um, uh, group meetings. And even here in Florida, because the governor shut down the beaches, we have a Florida group that's going out there saying they can't get us all. <laughs> so we have people who are going to go mount their protest by showing up the beach. And one of the instructions is, hey, make sure you bring a, make sure you bring a fishing pole so that you can say you're engaged in an essential activity. You know, what I think I might do is just give examples tomorrow of how our founding fathers engaged in protest. So we can see the beautiful ingenuity of liberty, the example that, hey, look, um, we're gonna protest these unlawful shutdowns of our private life and we're gonna do so in an ingenious way. We're gonna do so by showing up with fishing poles saying that we're engaged in an essential activity. This is the kind of thing that the American spirit can't get away from. It's in our blood. It's absolutely in our blood. And I was mentioning to Kate Daly today, I don't know if we were talking off the air or if I was on the show. I don't know if you know Kate Daly. But if you don't know Kate Daly, you need to go Kate Daly Radio. I am on her show every Thursday uh, at 5 p.m. Central Time. She's actually in uh, Utah, so that would be 3 p.m. her time. And I am excited about being there on her show every single day. Let me turn my sound off on my computer here real quick. And I want to share with you what I told her. We are not Italy, we are not France, we are not Spain, we are not any European country, we are America. And it's been a long, long, long time since we've had a king. Now maybe for these European countries it hasn't been that long. Some of them still have kings and queens. But I wanna to mention to you it's been a really long time since we've had a king here in America. And we're not about to get one, uh, let one come in now. See, whether we see people around us begging for police state, begging for more government, you will never be able to escape from the fact at the core of American psyche is liberty and freedom. And we're not Europe. We're not going to take these lockdown orders the way European countries do. 
my goodness, this has been going on a week, and here in Florida, people are already getting restless. There was more traffic on the road today than I've seen in several days. People are not gonna, so not gonna tolerate these lockdown orders, especially when they don't actually see any sickness in their communities. They're not gonna be accepting the fact that, oh, Tom Hanks says that he has corona, or uh, Iris Elba says, Idris Elba says he's got corona. They're not gonna be accepting that anymore. They're not gonna be accepting the facts from New York and California anymore because nobody actually believes the veracity of these statements. And we're not going to infringe, allow the infringement of our individual liberties for very long. We've got a real short tolerance for these kind of things. And I, I suspect, I suspect pretty soon Washington, D.C. is going to start feeling that coming and they're going to start backing down. I, I don't want to make any predictions because I could be wrong and I don't want to be a false prophet. But in the meantime, let's talk about how people are standing up and stepping out and protecting the in, in protecting their liberties because that's what we need to do. I don't know if I told you, but I've been speaking with the attorneys at Liberty Council. Uh, Liberty Council is prepared to help your church stand against these unconstitutional church closures in the stay at home or shelter in place orders. It is not constitutionally sound for the government to be able to tell the church that it must shut down it is not constitutionally sound for the government to be able to tell the church how many people they can and cannot have in their congregations. And it is absolutely not constitutionally sound for the government to tell a church the only way you can have church is to have it on the Internet. Those things absolutely, absolutely are well, I'll just be conservative, how about that? Dangerously close to defining religion, which is absolutely fundamentally per se unconstitutional. And so I want to encourage pastors out there who may be listening. You are not alone. You don't have to, give, you don't have to compromise your principles. You do not have to compromise the word of God. If you are confused on whether the word of God will support you, in standing against these unlawful orders, then you need to go listen to the show that my husband JC and I, uh, well, actually JC taught it, I just simply sat there and took the teaching as well, um, taught on the biblical responsibility for the Christian to stand. We have a biblical responsibility to stand. God rewards, God only, not only rewards people for standing against tyrannical government, there are specific times in the Bible where God is actually telling people to resist it. So we went over that yesterday a little bit as well. So this is just my PSA to the churches. We've done shows on this. There's, an, there's articles at chrisannhall.com about religious liberty and the coronavirus. You need to go get those and you need to contact me or you need to contact Liberty Council and tell them you want to stand. We will stand with you. Does everybody get that? Yeah, so people are, are not going to taste. Let me show you, share with you one of the law students that we have at Liberty First University. Let me give you that little ad there, Liberty First University. Jessica is a law student at Liberty First University. 
and she's always sending me words of encouragement. She's always telling me how much she enjoys what we do here on the show. She's always telling me what she enjoys what we post on Facebook because it gives her what she needs to make a stand in the classroom. Okay? Liberty Way, if you have if you have Christian friends or pastors that are telling you that the Bible says they are to obey government, you must share the show we did this week. You are absolutely morally compelled to do so now because you let it out in public that you know people are saying this, okay? All right, so here we go. Jessica tells me that she has contacted her, her um, city uh, representative. Let me, let me pull this up real quick so I don't tell you. This is the response from her city councilwoman, okay? So she sent a letter to her city council person, and I want to share it with you because I want you to be encouraged and emboldened to take a stand too. Here's, and tell me, <laughs> tell me after I read Jessica's letter, if you can hear who's been teaching her. <laughs> yes, you're right. The founding fathers and mothers. Here we go. Good morning to city councilwoman. I hope you are doing well. I am emailing in hopes of someone being able to tell me whether there was an emergency meeting called to vote on whether or not to implement a citywide curfew. If so, I would like the minutes to that meeting and how each person voted as well as what steps were taken to give notice to citizens about such meetings. If not, I would like to speak with Mayor David Maynard regarding the curfew. Now, this is point number one. Your cities have sunshine laws, open meeting laws. They have to do this stuff in public. There has to be a public notice. If they're doing this stuff behind closed doors, it's already wrong. And you need to start challenging it right now, like Jessica is, okay? She says, as you're likely aware, any government infringement on liberties must be constitutional. There are three levels of review when determining the constitutionality of such government infringement. I would like to know how this would pass even the lowest rational basis standard. How is a curfew rationally related to stopping the spread of COVID-19? Is it a virus that is only contagious during the hours of 9 p.m. to 5 a.m.? Does it lie dormant all day and only awake to attach unsuspecting victims during these curfew hours? How would me driving down the street within my own car or walking my dog or just taking a walk to avoid the overwhelming plague of cabin fever during the curfew hours going to put another person at risk if all other measures of social distancing and hygiene are taken? When we elect government officials, we are not electing them to protect us from ourselves. We are electing them first and foremost to preserve our rights and our liberties. This principle is repeated throughout the writings of our founders, and it is something that is increasingly being forgotten in today's society. I want to know, during the midst of this pandemic and panic, who my elected officials are being the voice, uh, who of my elected officials are being the voice of liberty? Who is keeping the sacredness of my rights and the forefront of the discussion? Quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. 
that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that when any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government laying on its foundation, laying its foundation on such principles, obviously, end quote. That is Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Independence. She says, quote, in a government founded on the basis of equal liberty among all its citizens, to be ignorant of the law and the Constitution is to be ignorant of the rights of the citizen. St. George Tucker on the study of law. Quote, a man has a property in his opinions and a free communication of them. He has a property very dear to him in the safety and liberty of his person. He has equal property in the free use of his faculties and the free choice of the objects on which to employ them. In a word, a man is said to have a right to his property. He may be equally said to have a property in his rights. Where an excess of power prevails, Property of no sort is duly respected. No man is safe in his opinions, his persons, his faculties, or his possessions. End quote. James Madison, Essay on Property. Quote, Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the act of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. William Pitt the Younger. And those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Benjamin Franklin, Lie is life. Are you ready? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry. Jessica continues and says, Remember that the rights of the people are not subject to fear, intimidation, or any other emotion. These rights are inalienable, and they are not given and taken, uh, taken by every, any, go any governmental body. I will, listen to this, this is great. I will oppose. I will oppose to the strongest extent of my passion and being any infringement upon my liberties, especially for the sake of false sense of security. Should you forget your purpose as a government agent, I shall be here to remind you every time that the purpose is first and foremost the preservation of liberty. In liberty, signs Jessica. Look. These are the kinds of stands that we need to take. These are the kinds of positions we need to, to place ourselves in to stand for liberty. It's not our liberty. It's the liberty of our children. Samuel Adams said, when we tamely suffer a lawless attack upon liberty, we encourage it and we involve others in our doom. It's a consequence that should weigh heavy upon our hearts that ages and millions yet unborn will be the miserable sharers of our experience. You want to know how to write like that? You need to become a student of Liberty First University. This is my pleasure. This is my hope. This is my call, and this is why we're here. This is why we're here as well, because we want to foster, we want to disciple, we want to make people stand with courage, encouragement, virtue, and wisdom. And that was 
absolutely an amazing letter by Jessica. And I want to encourage, we have sheriffs that are standing. Sheriffs that are sending out letters saying, just like they did in the uh, standing against governors trying to take guns, they're stepping up and saying, look, we're not going to come and enforce these laws on you. We're not going to do that. I want to give you a couple facts today to help you with your understanding of what's going on in this virus thing because obviously the media is not going to share this with you. These are facts. Now remember, if you follow me on Facebook, if you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn, I'm making these posts so that you can share with other people. Now I want you to share them on this video as well because a lot of people don't like to read and we need to make sure that we are getting this information out. And there's an analogy, by the way, that I t use when I teach. Y'all know about, uh, somebody complained that my Southern was not strong enough. How about that? <laughs> Y'all know the guy Paul Revere, right? <laughs> was that Southern enough for you? In Paul Revere's diaries, he tells the struggle of the ride. He tells everything that he had to go through, and it wasn't an easy thing. But he explains, when he got to the home where John Hancock uh, and Adams, Samuel Adams, were staying. It was after midnight. Now Paul Revere was riding through the land, and he was shouting. But unlike the poems and the history books, Paul Revere was not shouting, the British are coming, the British are coming. That would have been ridiculous because everyone at that time was British, okay? So, by Paul Revere's diary, what he was yelling was, the regulars are coming, the regulars are coming. Why? Because the regulars are what they called the British troops. And so when he got to the home where Hancock and Adams were staying, it was after midnight and he says, by his, in his own words, he's shouting his head off. And the sentinel comes out and starts admonishing him, sir, sir. You've got to stop all that noise. You're gonna wake the master of the house. Now, Paul Revere didn't say, oh, well, shucks, you know, um, my bad, I didn't realize what time it was. I've been riding all night. My, my watch stopped about four hours ago. And and uh, so, uh, and here's what I'll do. I, now that you've t you know Ryan reminded me what time of the day it is, I'm gonna go to the inn down the street I'm going to catch a few winks, I'll, have, I'll wake up and I'll have a cup of tea and scones and then I'll be out here at a decent hour. No, that is not what Paul Revere did. Paul Revere in his own diary says that he stared the sentinel in the face and said, Sir, you'll have noise soon enough. The regulars are coming. And when the sentinel realized the danger that was approaching, he went and he woke Hancock and Adams, and then Revere was able to ride along his way. Now, what I wanna, why I told you that story is I want to give you a modern-day analogy of what all of that is. You see, why do we need to keep writing letters like Jessica did? Why do we need to keep sharing these videos? Why do we need to send the articles that I write? Why do we need to keep talking to our friends and our neighbors who don't get it? 
You've heard it, right? Oh, look, I'm not, I don't like getting involved in all that. We've got so much to do, you know, we're not really politically active. I don't like to be involved in politics. I don't really know much about politics. And it really doesn't actually, you know, affect me. But you have a unique res uh, opportunity now because people are beginning to feel the effect. And you need to do what Paul Revere did. Because when those people tell you, I don't want to hear that, all that tinfoil stuff, I don't want to hear that, right? Here's what you need to do, what you need to realize. That is the modern day equivalent of what that sentinel told Paul Revere. What you're hearing is, you've got to stop all that noise, you're going to wake the master of the house. But we know the danger. We see it approaching. We don't even see it approaching anymore, we see it here. Which means, like Revere, we have a responsibility to keep warning of that danger and saying, yes, yes, you'll have noise soon enough. The regulars are coming. And then we can wake the master of the house. So keep sending, keep speaking, keep telling people. Now don't be obnoxious, but keep, keep true. Keep consistent, keep principled, and they will hear. Hopefully not before it's too late. And no, I don't think it's too late. I think this is what we needed to wake up a good portion of the population. Now, if we are sociologically correct and, histori and historically correct, we will recognize there was a good portion in 1774 who had nothing to do with our independence movement, nothing to do with wanting independence from Great Britain, and even more so condemning those who did. So don't ever think you're going to get 100% and get a thick skin. Okay? Don't be all snowflakey on me and start, well, you know, they keep making fun of me and, and my family, they don't want to hear it anymore and I'm tired. You know what? Liberty doesn't need you to be tired. Okay? Liberty needs a tireless minority to keep lighting the brush fires of liberty. And that's who we are. Thank you, Dragon's Talon, for your love and support. Politicians today, he says, are yesteryear's version of the Redcoats, traitors all to the Constitution. You can make your assessment of your politician. There may be one or two out there that are pretty decent, but we've got to keep speaking. So let me give you some, some coronavirus facts that you're not going to hear on the, in the media. I have them over here on my laptop, so you, that's why I'm looking over here. I don't know if you can. There's my laptop. Yay. So coronavirus 19 fun facts. South Korea, population 52 million people. They are in the hotbed of the coronavirus outbreak. Now, South Korea is geographically the size of Minnesota, and Minnesota has the population of 5 million people. So picture Minnesota stuffed with 52 million people, and you have South Korea. Now, what's interesting is South Korea's coronavirus problem is already on the decline. 
Yes, everybody, that's the big headline today. Corona cases have dropped sharply in South Korea. So what we have is a country with 52 million people the size of Minnesota who are seeing sharp drops in the coronavirus infection and obviously also in the death rate who didn't have a high death rate to begin with. South Korea never shut down a business by the government. South Korea never issued a stay-at-home or shelter-in-place mandate. And yet here they are, successfully overcoming coronavirus while maintaining their economy at the same time. So, why are we crashing our economy instead of using wise and prudent measures? We are not stacked on top of each other like they are in South Korea. It would be a lot easier for us to employ lesser measures and more prudent measures. And remember, lesser would mean less than never shutting down a business and less than never issuing a shelter-in-place order on a statewide level. Don't tell me California is bigger. It's not about geography. It's about concentration of population. And guess what? The fact that California is bigger defeats the argument because they have more space to spread out. Why are we destroying our economy? Why is the media and those manipulated by the media, your friends and family members, constantly using Italy as their example and completely ignoring South Korea? See, that's the big one that comes to me, right? Because I know why. I know why we're not using these wise and prudent measures. What I want to know is how the American people are allowing the media to get away with not using... With, with only using me, Italy to, to create fear factor across America and never once mentioning until now the success of South Korea. By the way, you'll read the articles, you don't see them mention the fact that they never issued house arrest on the state level and they never on the government level shut down private business. And by the way, there are people who are trying to say that everybody was tested um, they may have tested a lot of people, but they didn't test 52 million people. They tested everybody that came forward. And you cannot guess that that was 52 million people. You know why we're not doing that in America? Because panic is the goal in America. And the prize is power in America. That's what this is all about. It's about panic bringing power to those in power. Now, I'm not going to stay on the air very long today. There are things that, that we, uh, I, I'm, I am just absolutely spread so thin right now, uh, helping to put together this legal paperwork to help churches take a stand helping people understand what's happening in my own county, in my own state, uh, helping people understand what's going on in other states. But I, also, but I wanted to sort of leave you with one parting thought today. 
you guys know who have been longtime listeners and longtime Liberty First University followers, longtime Chris Ann Hall followers on social media, you know that JC and I uh, used to be Russian linguists in the military. JC was in the Navy, I was in the Army. That's how we met. One day maybe we'll tell you that story <laughs> of how JC and Chris Ann met in the military as Russian linguists. But when you study Russian in the military, in DOD, you don't just simply study the language, you study the culture. Now, for me, that was the best part. That was my favorite part. So I really dug into the culture and the history. So I know a lot of Russian history. And last night, in the middle of the night, something, what I felt was profound, struck me. And I want to leave you with these words, okay? Remember, go to libertyfirstuniversity.com, get studied up on your own constitution, get studied up on your own American history. You need to, we need to start wearing our liberty gear. We need to start bringing the conversations forward. If you wear the Got Liberty t-shirt available at chrisadhall.com, how many, I, you will not believe how many people are attracted to that t-shirt. Simple Got Liberty. And then you can turn around and show them Samuel Adams' quote on the back. And then the gun t-shirt is always awesome. People love the gun t-shirt. It's amazing. And so uh, remember, we're about discipling, we're about teaching, and we're about spreading this liberty. So here's what I wanted, the, the, the epiphany that came to me last night in light of my Russian history. In 1940, it was called the USSR. And in 1940 USSR, the government was in control of the businesses, determined which businesses stayed opened and which businesses stayed closed. The government was also in charge of providing people with money for their food, their housing, and their employment. In, in USSR 1940, you got a job from the government and your money came from the government. In 1940 USSR, the people stood in line for toilet paper and bread and other things. As a matter of fact, at one point in that history, they actually outlawed standing in line unless you were actually physically in the store to get them because people were standing in line just to communicate and just to assemble each other. In 1940, Russia, churches were outlawed and the vodka flowed like water. Fast forward to 2020 America. And we find ourselves currently in a situation where the American people and their businesses are now being controlled by the government. The government now in America decides what private businesses are allowed to stay open and allowed not to stay open. The government in 2020 America has the people waiting for checks to provide for their food, their shelter, and their loss of employment. In 2020 America, the people are standing in line for toilet paper. And in 2020 America, the government has determined 
that churches are non-essential, but liquor stores are essential businesses. Now, if that is not a bone-chilling comparison, I don't know what to tell you. This is how far we've come, but I will look you dead in the eye. And as Jessica said, I will fight it with every fiber and passion in my being because I believe we can win and I believe it's not over. I believe we have not yet begun to fight. I believe we will win. By the way, Christian friends and family members, I've read the end of the story. I know who holds the victory and whether I go or whether I stay, I'm a winner either way. So I'm gonna just give you what Patrick Henry said. As for me and my house, we choose liberty first. Thank you so much guys for joining us today. Uh, thank you for sticking with us in this time. Remember, use this time if you're in a shelter in place and they've told you to stand, stay home, use this time to educate. Don't stop communicating. Educate what you know. God bless you guys. Don't forget to find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all those Twitter. That's the other one I was looking for. God bless you guys. See you next time.